Good morning. Well, it's good to see everybody today. I hope y'all have had a good week. Uh, Hopefully it was a productive week. Uh, It's good to have our visitors today. I hope y'all just make yourself at home and feel welcome. rest of everybody here, if y'all get a chance, please welcome our visitors. Um, Had a busy week this week. A lot of road time. And I don't know about y'all, I'm not a big fan. Some people love it, I don't really care for it at all. But I'm glad that's behind us for a little bit. But I also know that in the midst of all the things going on in our world, I, I see God move continuously. I mean, I, I see nothing but trouble all around us. But I still see God move all the time. Man, that is such a blessing. To know that in the midst of a storm, in the midst of any kind of trial, God is still in control. He's still moving. He's still working. Nothing has slipped past His sight. He he didn't get surprised by an event that took place in your life. He's still in control. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we we come to you once again. Lord, you're good. God, I'm so thankful that we have a place to lay our burdens down. We can come before you because you have told us to in your word that we should bring those things before you and lay them down, Father. Give them to you. God, I thank you. I thank you that you care so much about us that you, you abide with us, that you do not leave us, you do not forsake us, that you stay with us, whether we're on a mountaintop or in a valley, going through great things or going through trials, you're the same. Lord, I just pray that, you would, uh, that you'd be with us the rest of the service, that you'd send your anointing and help me to speak and say what you'd have me to. Father, I I pray that your Holy Spirit would go before me and that you would prepare the way, prepare the hearts and minds of everyone that's here to receive the word you have for them today. Lord, I believe that it's a personal word. I believe that the message that you send is one that all of us can use and benefit from, but that it's also a personal thing. It's not just some broad stroke. So God, I thank you for that, and I ask that you would just be with us And I pray that you'd forgive us where we failed you, God. I know we're not a perfect people. We have faults and failures. And Lord, I I just ask that you forgive us and cleanse us of any unrighteousness, Father, and prepare us for being used by you. I ask that you move in this place today in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Turn with me this morning to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be again reading today in verse 25. I'm going to start out with a question. We're going to read this passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to talk about that question some more. So I want you to be thinking about this as we read. Do you ever worry? 
That's a big question. It's a big question. It seems like those four little words ought to be pretty easy to answer. Uh, but worry covers a big gambit of things in our lives. So, do you ever worry? So, let's begin in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Now, hold on a second. I don't know what Bible y'all are using. I don't know what sort of effort they put into writing that thing down on paper or in a digital format. But these words are in red in the Bible I use. This means that, that this is Jesus speaking, right? This is not uh, what somebody heard the Spirit of the Lord say to them. No, this is God in man form standing on the earth speaking these words. And I believe that it was just as pertinent that day as it is today. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Y'all, if I could do one simple thing in my life, remove the worry about what we're going to eat. You know how much less stress I would have? How many times do y'all get ready to eat, and you're like, okay, what do y'all want? And everybody's like, I don't know, what do you want? And we will go around for 30 minutes trying to figure out, and past I don't know how many restaurants, and I'm just stressed. I'm worrying. Listen, there are people in this world that don't know if they're going to get to eat, and I'm stressed because I can't figure out what we're going to eat. And I, I share that with you today because I want you to see how how idiotic that is. That I allow something so simple, so, so mundane to cause stress in my life. Jesus is saying, don't, don't even worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Uh, some of y'all probably worry about what you're going to put on today. You, you've probably been thinking about it for three days. Well, I've I got to have this outfit and these shoes. Well, those are dirty. i got to go wash these clothes. to, to have, I don't even have something that even goes with that top. There's some people that have it figured out. They just have the same outfit for every day. Just one less thing i got to worry about, right? He said, don't worry about any of that. He said, isn't life? Now listen to, man, there is so much in this passage, y'all. I'm going to do my best to kind of condense this and move along, but we don't want to miss this. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Isn't there more to it than those little petty things you're thinking about? He said, look at the birds of the air in verse 26. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I know some folks that would love to. If I could just think hard enough, I could be taller. But it don't get you anywhere. But we will sit and worry about things like that, that we have zero control or influence over and we'll worry, 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 worry. And 
that it's not getting anything done. It's not getting us any further down the road. It's not accomplishing anything but stressing us out. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Here's where Jesus starts meddling. A while ago he was just telling you don't worry. Now he's telling you that the source of your worry is a bigger problem. It's a, it's a sign of a lack of faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So I ask y'all, do you ever worry? Is there anybody in here that can raise their hand and say they never worry? Okay, good. So it's a problem that plagues us all. We all encounter worry, some more than others, and sometimes it just depends on the day, right? What do you worry about? I promise you, as soon as I said, do you ever worry, there was something that jumped into your mind because you've already been struggling with something. Was it money? I've had some struggles with that lately. It ain't like, y'all don't don't think I'm, you know, poor, destitute, I'm not. But my plan is not what I'm seeing go into place. (laughs) You know, I've planned, and I'm not seeing my plan go out the way I want to. Everybody else seems to have their own plan. So, it causes stress. You ever encounter that? Fuel and food prices go up. All of a sudden, your budget's blown. Education expenses come around. Uh, You start looking at retirement and you say, you know what, the money I thought was going to be more than enough now, don't even, that don't even drop in the bucket. Some of y'all have always thought about Social Security. That's my my safety net. Y'all, there's a whole generation of people don't even know if they're going to get Social Security. I cannot talk today. Social Security. There's people that don't know if they're even going to have it. So what are you going to do? Man, you start thinking about these things, you start looking into the future and, and trying to make plans, and, and when things don't go the way you think they should, something happens. Maybe you're worried about the demands on your time and you, you fear that you can't meet other people's expectations of you. Maybe you're uh, afraid about uh, some problems that are going on in relationships in your lives. And... Um, You have people in your life that you're just having problems with and that causes worry and stress. Maybe it's school or your job. You're you're concerned about your grades or you're concerned about your career and your future, how that's going to look. Whatever you're 
your worry thing is, where does that come from? I wrote down four things. There may be more. I'm not trying to give you the all-condensed version of this, but uh, the first one I listed is fear. Fear causes worry. Doubt. Doubt in what? A doubt in your source sometimes. Who is your provider? Is it your employer? Maybe you doubt that your employer is going to stay around through tough times. Maybe you doubt the work's not going to be there, and, and man, you, you're just concerned about that. A lack of control sometimes is a source of, of worry. I know this problem, but I can't do anything about it. And some of us struggle with giving up control of things, right? And I know if I hand this over to somebody else, they're not going to do it the way I think it ought to be done. Uncertainty of things to come. I, I talked about that whole retirement thing, looking into the future. Maybe, maybe you're nowhere near thinking about retirement. You're, you know, I think about Caleb. He's, he's just graduated. We have several graduates here, and you're looking at the future and what's to come. And Man, even when you think you have a sure thing, there's still uncertainty. I mean, is this really going to work the way I think it should? Am I even going to like what, what's coming? So, let's look at some more scripture. 1 Kings chapter 17. And we'll start in verse 1. It says in verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So Elijah was commanded by God to go hide. He didn't have any time to prepare. Y'all hear me? He's, he's doing what God has told him to do. He didn't have any time to prepare. He didn't, he didn't have provision set aside. He didn't store away supplies. Uh, he had to just totally rely on the provision that came from the Lord. What does it say? In verse 4, God tells him, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. He put him right by a source of water. He gives him a source of food. He provides for him. And then there comes another time when that's dried up. He said, okay, it's time for you to go over here. And what, is, what does he do? I want you all to, 
really hear what God does through this because this applies to our life today. Don't, don't miss this little, little thing here. Elijah is being provided for. He has done what God has told him to do and God has hid him away and he's providing for him and then he tells him, go somewhere else. He's got something else for him to do. He says in verse 9, he said, arise and go to Zarephath. And he says, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, when Elijah gets to where he's told to go, he finds this widow... But this widow is in pretty sad shape. She is gathering stuff to go prepare her last meal with her son. They got just enough flour, just enough oil to make one little cake for each of them, and that's it. They're just going to die. This doesn't sound like the ideal situation to send somebody to for provision, does it? How easy would it have been? And I know that there's been times in your life when you've looked at your circumstances around you and you've probably questioned God and said, God, this doesn't look like provision. But Elijah shows up and, and God does a mighty work right there because of Elijah being there and because of this widow's faithfulness to God's Word. Elijah tells her, make me something first. And she does. And God blesses that bin of flour and that jug of oil, and it never runs out. Man, that's awesome. So through that, that obedience and that faithfulness, God not only provided for His prophet, but He then in turn blesses and provides for this widow and her son. And it doesn't stop there. The boy becomes sick. He dies while Elijah's still there. Elijah goes in and, and prays for this boy, and I'm, I'm slimming this way down, okay? And raises him from the dead. So again, this widow and her son are blessed through the provision of God. And y'all, we look around at our lives all the time and we, we see trouble. I'm not trying to tell you trouble's not there. I'm not telling you it's not a point of concern. What I'm trying to tell you today is that it doesn't matter what your situation is or what it might look like. When we trust and depend upon God to provide and we don't worry and tie ourselves up in knots about it, we, we truly trust Him. We see God move. Now, y'all, I don't see anywhere that it said that this widow had ribeye steaks every night. But she had what she needed. God provided. And sometimes we misunderstand God's provision with the lap of luxury. That's not always the case. We're going to see another example of that in a moment. We, and I'm guilty of this. When things aren't going quite the way I've planned, the, the, the way I want them to go, I, I start to be concerned and worry because that's not the way it ought to be going right now. And I'm replacing God meeting the need with this ideal of 
prosperity. And those are not the same thing. God does prosper His people, but you can't expect everything to be prosperous. You can't expect everything to be abundant. You can't expect there never to be any problems or things you might have to give up. God meets your need. If we look over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, we're going to see a, a block of Scripture that Paul wrote while in prison. And I think that is the statement to me that just really brings this home. Because the things I'm about to read to you that he says don't sound like the words of someone that is in prison. And I would just add a little more color to this. He's not in prison in 2022 when there's air conditioning and cable TV and they get to go out and, you know, they have a certain amount of yard time that they have to have and they don't have the opportunity to choose to go and work and earn a little money here and there. And and I'm not trying to make light of the conditions of prison today, but I am trying to let you see a comparison of what we think of as prison today versus then. He was imprisoned in Rome, in fact, and y'all, the Romans were, were pretty harsh people. So we start reading in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, it says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Paul is writing from prison to the church at Philippi. And that's what he's saying. He says, thank you that your care for me has flourished again. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, we tossed that passage around a lot, that one verse, right? And man, it's, it's good, it's encouraging, it's powerful. But look at it in the context of who's writing it and where he's at. This man is in prison and he's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. He's in prison. He has all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. He is thanking 
the Philippians for supplying his need. And he says, and now my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What a mindset to have. Church, I'm not going to say this is your problem, but I know what my problems are. I have focused too many times on things that I probably just need to let go. I'm not trying to tell anybody here to make, you know, unsound, that's not the right word, anyway, to make bad decisions when, in, with regards to money. I, I'm not telling you to just live however, you know, oh well, nothing matters. No, things matter. We should make wise decisions, but at what point do you keep hanging on to it? Where is your treasure? Paul says, from prison, I have all in a bound. He stated in verse 11, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. What are we missing in our lives? How many times do you not have control over circumstances in your life? Paul didn't have any control over being in prison. He's there. I mean, he can't just decide, I'm going to leave now. He has no control over that, but yet he's in peace. He's saying, I've got everything I need. This is great. What are you missing? What are we missing? How do we get from where we are, where where we've got nothing but freedom, we've got the liberty to do basically whatever we want to do within reason, we can come and go as we please, we've got an abundance, and if you compare our lives, even the poorest people here in the United States are just living lavishly compared to most of the world. So what are we missing Well, I'm going to tell you, we talked about those things that cause worry. I'll just go back and read the ones I listed. Fear. Are you afraid? I guarantee you, if you're honest with yourself and everybody around you, there has been a moment in the past year, let's just say, where you've been afraid that that things are not going to work out the way you think they ought to. You've been afraid maybe even for your life at times. Maybe you've been afraid for, for a family member's life. You, how many of you have friends that have some sort of addiction that they're struggling with and you worry about this friend or family member? The fear can, can get a hold of you. There, there's a part of fear that is good because it, it causes us to understand the urgency of a matter. But fear can grip you to the point that you are crippled. It it is something that can deaden faith in your life and you quit striving and reaching for anything because of fear. It just incapacitates you. And I believe it is very closely linked to the next one, doubt. Do you know who you have believed in, church? 
Do you know who your God is? That, that He is the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is the creator of all things. The God of the universe. King of kings. Lord of lords. Why, why are we doubting? Lack of control. Uncertainty of things to come. You know what all of that to me says? We have put our eyes on the wrong thing. We have taken our eyes off of our source, our provision, our provider, our counselor, our healer. We've taken our eyes off of the one that all, th all good things come from. The Word tells us that all good and perfect things come down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. We've taken our eyes off of Him and we've set them on other things, whether it be material things or people or, or employers or colleges, whatever it might be. We've set our eyes on that. And then fear, doubt, uncertainty come in. Because see, there is none of that with Him. He is our provider, not our employer. Elijah was provided for by ravens. Then he was provided for by a widow. Is that right? Nope. He was provided for by God. Those other things were tools that God used. The place I work, I, I go five days a week normally, that's a tool that God uses to provide. That might end tomorrow. I don't want it to. But if it does, I'm good. You know why? Because I have made really wise investments and I've, no. <laughs> no. No. Because my true source of provision is God. <laughs> and if He can provide for me through that, He can provide for me through something else. In fact, He might just send some ravens with some food for me. I don't know. But you notice Elijah was living by a creek. He wasn't even living in a house. My expectations might ought to shift a little, right? He might be saying, I'm, I'm providing plenty. You're just burning it up. Maybe you don't need to go so much. Quit worrying about fuel prices. No, a lot of people don't like that. <laughs> that didn't resonate very well when we got state games coming up. Right? <laughs> Maybe we need to cut corners somewhere else. I don't know. Y'all help me out. <laughs> is there something else we can shave? You know, I, all I'm trying to say to you today is that source of worry is not God's fault. Maybe it's us. Maybe we have tried to put too much in God's provision. We've, we've tried to stretch His provision further than it ought to be stretched. I know this much. God provides what is needed. He provides enough. It's always enough. Now what you choose to do with it may make that amount he provided to not be enough. That's not his fault. And I tell you that because God provides the need. He knows the best way to meet your need. And I, I've tried to tell this to my kids all the time. Don't worry about what's going on. God knows the right thing. His plan is the best. The best for your life, no matter where that puts you. His plan is the best. 
You can't ever find something that's going to be better than that. Anything else you come up with, if it's not his plan, is never better than second best. Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. And that ain't in the Bible. But I think it applies in this situation. If you don't take God's plan, it's not first. It's never better than second best. God has provision for us, church. He has not only provision to meet our need, but He has provision to further His kingdom. Now, are we going to be earthly-minded, or are we going to be kingdom-minded? You see, when we set our eyes on the kingdom of God and, and on Him, our provider, a lot of that worry starts to fade away. Because I don't care about that stuff anymore. You know, that's where it comes in, right? That fear comes about because there's something you care about. The fear comes about because I can't do nothing about the thing I care about. Maybe we need to quit caring about that as much and put our care and focus on Him and let Him guide that in our life. He is our source of peace and joy and strength. If you're noticing that your world is in turmoil, it's not Him. Whatever happiness it is that you think you're feeling in the midst of turmoil going on in your life, I, I need to challenge that with you today. Because with the Lord there is peace, there is joy, there is strength. You can have peace in the midst of chaos. But if there's no peace, something's wrong. That might be why there's so much worry. That might be why there's so many things that are uncertain in your life because you haven't plugged into the right source. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today and we'll dismiss. Father, I, I, I come before you once again. And Lord, I just, I'm sorry. I, I confess before you and this church today that Lord, I have looked at the wrong thing too many times. I want, my, I want my focus to be on you, your goodness, your provision. Lord, help me to know how to be content with whatever I have. Help me to know how to sit in a place that is not ideal, like Paul sat in prison and to be able to say, I have all, and I abound. Lord, that's a whole other level from what I've been living in my life. Lord, I know I'm probably not alone, that there's others here today, too, that, that have experienced these kind of things in their life, and, and they also need to put their focus back on you. So, Lord, as I stand here before you in this congregation today, I pray that you would just um, renew a right spirit, within us like David prayed search us see if there's any wicked way in us Lord forgive us where we have failed you and lead us in the way everlasting help us to focus on you and set our eyes our expectations of hope and our future on you God Lord I love you and I thank you for this word I thank you for your goodness and mercy in Jesus name I pray amen